Hello and welcome to the Best Boys Podcast. I'm Best Boy Dan. And I'm Best Boy Justin. And we are here to shed a spotlight on one man's anime treasure and one man's anime trash, which is also a little bit of a treasure. I, I would say so. I feel comfortable. I feel comfortable with that. Um, but first we're going to hit you all with some banter, some news, and I'm just going to kick it off by saying... That Vivi Fluorite Eyes song would have done a hell of a lot better if it had a different name. Yeah, I think that's a that's a common <laughs> thing. Um, so I was talking about this with with Best Boy uh, Jamie, and that like I was trying to get him to watch uh, like Gris Recoil, mm-hmm. and so I was like, "Dude, you got to watch this show." And he's like, "I can't remember it. Can you text me the name <laughs> of it?" Uh, and so finally I like remembered to do it and he like immediately watched it and, and fell, uh, and enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I don't think he fell in love with it. He was like, yeah, it's, it's okay. Well, I mean, that's funny too. Cause like, <laughs> it, you know, the whole, the whole thing behind that show is that, um, also what is his name? What's his name? Hideo, uh, Hideo Kojima. He found, uh, yeah. like, Horace Recall when he was looking for licorice pizza yeah. or something like that. Oh, gross. Licorice yeah. pizza. <laughs> um, um, I think there's another one this season that has the same problem, though. Which one? Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. Yeah. I almost skipped that one because I was like, the name sounds weird. I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. I also learned, apparently, the manga for that is much better. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah. Vivi Florate Eyes Song is... The worst name. <laughs> uh, and it, like, kind of makes, like, sense in the context of the show. But that show is so good. I wonder what the name in Japanese is. I'm going to look it up. So so that's what I'm wondering is, like, same thing with, like, Gris Recoil. Like, I, it, that must be the name, like, or something similar in Japanese because well, they actually, like, show it in the show. Yeah. Like, well, Lyco Reco. Yeah, and they also said, they, they mentioned that the name does come from the, the name of the licorice plant. Right. So I think they are used. At least the first word is a part of the. Yeah. So there's something to it, but same with like uh, you know Vivi Florida's song. I'm like wondering if if the Japanese translation of it. Uh, no, carries different significance. It's Vivi Fluoride Eyes song in in Japanese. Interesting. Yeah, it's a total. It's a total um, wasego, which okay. is all Western words. So yeah, but it, it's I. I do wonder how much that impacts it, you know, mm-hmm. if it had kind of a more mainstream name, you know, that people can just kind of say and remember if it would have done better. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the My Anime List page for it right now. It's got 8.44 stars, which is nothing to no, sneeze at. It's, it's not good. bad. I just, I feel you like not it, enough people it saw better. it. Okay. Well, it's not even that it deserves a better rating. I think that's actually a pretty fair rating for it. But it just, it wasn't a show people were talking about in the yeah. way that I think it... It should have been. That's fair. Um, Recoil, not the case, though. <laughs> I think people are enjoying it. Yeah, as it's, it's been real popular. We're going to talk about later. Um, but yeah, uh, the next things I want to talk about are not anime-related, but I think if you're kind of in this sphere, both of these uh, properties are very much worth checking out. The first thing is Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is a martial arts film slash uh multiverse film slash family drama comedy masterpiece Mm. um i everyone has to check out this movie it's some of the best fight scenes i've seen in recent history in 
any property mm-hmm. um and just a wild and absolutely hysterical world it's um you know you say multiverse now like everyone's like oh marvel and all this sort of stuff but this is just uh that concept but like in a way you have never seen um I'm, you know, people have have hot dog fingers. I'll leave it at that. Whoa! Okay. <laughs> um, I but, got your hot dog fingers right here, pal. <laughs> but uh, it, it's excellent. It's it's a really thoroughly great movie, and and I actually hope that it wins all of the Academy Awards. Excellent. Um, and then the Sandman, which uh, best person Cat and I are about halfway through, which is on Netflix, mm. um, based off uh, Neil Gaiman comic, mm-hmm. uh, is really amazing so i think this is kind of some of the best that uh america has to put up in in kind of the uh comic book story space this is a really interesting story really beautiful world and really well done i Mm. have to hand it to netflix like they this is a good adaptation so if (laughs) if one piece could be how what this is we'll be in a good place i mean i haven't watched the show yet but i have seen um neil gaiman on twitter which has been great because like (laughs) all of these fucking weird gross nerds have been like oh they ruined the thing they ruined it they messed it up and then he's on he's he's out there like nope it's perfect yeah, That's exactly what I wanted, so and I don't care if you don't like he it. He is a co-writer and showrunner on it, yeah. which is great. And he said that this is his um, most favorite adaptation that has been made of one of his works. So. Yeah, like, Neil Gaiman is in the menchies of people with, yeah. like, 23 followers who are tweeting bullshit about Well, the, so the there's show. a lot of, like, drama because they uh, did a lot of, like... St- gender and yeah. race and sexuality swaps of characters but they i think they handled in pretty much the best way you can which is they looked at the character they said hey is this person sex sexuality you know uh race religion whatever core to their character no let's you know find the best actor who can play this part but cast it you know with a blind eye like right. um or in specific cases like cast to have you know more representation for people right um and and for that it's all well done like you have like the uh actor who played Brienne of Tarth as uh Lucifer which is awesome uh casting yeah absolutely um, i think the the only the only the only person i would want to play Lucifer more than her would probably be what's his name from oh god I had uh, I have my own personal Lucifer from Mandalorian oh what's Pedro his name? Pascal no 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 oh uh, John Carlo Esposito yes John Carlo Esposito he would Who, be a good Satan yeah I just saw he's gonna be in something that I was like that's a weird casting I yeah. forgot but anyway um, I also really like the guy who played um, Satan in Constantine. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was really good. I also liked that at the same time as he did that, he was also in, like, Volkswagen commercials. So mm. I was like, man, Satan's selling Volkswagen. Around. Well, hey, look, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey is selling Lincolns, so. <laughs> um, yes, draw your own parallels between Satan and Matthew McConaughey, I all guess. Right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, and then to wrap up my banter section. Yes. I have an update on... The Pact. 
So, uh, I finished the first season-ish, the first 24 episodes mm. of uh, A Hero No Sora. Um, very much enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, excellent show. Yeah, very good. Um, very bog standard uh, yeah. sports anime in a lot of ways, but told in a good way. I like the kind of... You know, uh, delinquent angle of it. I think all the characters are really interesting. The main character is like such a shonen uh, yeah. sports oh, yeah. protag. It's like not even funny, but but I kind of love it. And you know, it it scratches all of the itches that I wanted from from a sports anime. So I will say, good choice. Um, how if, how much better? How much better than Kuroko no Basketball? Oh is my it? God, so much better. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking. My coworker uh, was. I was telling him about it, and he was like, "Yeah, I liked Kuroko," and I was like, "I just can't get into like the, just the how abs- ridiculous it was." And he's like, "That's what I like about it." So, mm-hmm. I like fair. that sometimes in sports anime, but this Not one always. was much better. Fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I'm actually gonna continue watching it. I want to see how uh, the rest of it turns out because uh, it's just getting to like the beginning of the like first tournament so yeah that first tournament is going to be interesting too yeah i'm excited uh so so i will continue watching that and uh i thought about doing the like spinning the wheel and all that sort of stuff but there's actually a show that i've really been wanting you to watch really you're just gonna give me another one i'm gonna give you another one all these fucking games for you to play (laughs) and you're just like no watch this show Come on, man. It's, it's Build a t- wheel. Fill a bunch of balloons with confetti <laughs> the, or something. The next time. But I, I've actually been thinking about this for a few weeks because uh, I want to talk with you about this show so okay. and have it as a base of reference. So uh, for your next one, uh, I would like for you to watch the first season of Beastars. Oh, great. <laughs> so disappointed. <laughs> I think you're really going to enjoy it. Okay. I will watch the first season of Beastars. All right. Speaking of check-ins, we're going to go ahead and check in on another uh, little thing we got going on, and that's going to be the Summer of Shonen. I say we, but it's really just me. I'm just doing it. Um, And yeah, so I have, uh, I finished the first half of season one of One Piece. Um, I finished Black Clover, and I'm working on uh, Bleach. Um, Black Clover was really good. The last, like, three episodes or four episodes were like really rushed like they kind of like stuffed a lot of stuff into like only a few episodes um but you know hopefully the pacing like you know gets better once it comes back hopefully fingers crossed because they left it on one of those enormous cliffhangers um but having started up bleach uh, i started from season six because that's like the last season that i hadn't finished yet uh, and I just started from the beginning because I didn't really remember a whole lot of stuff. Um, but wow, I didn't even realize how much I didn't remember. Like, um, <laughs> finding out that Ishin is also a Soul Reaper, that blew my mind. I was sitting here... I don't even remember who Ishin his is. His dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess spoilers for this <laughs> 20-year-old anime. Um, but yeah, finding that out blew my mind. Um, so I'm really kind of enjoying like getting back into the universe uh, bit by bit. I am going to be skipping the filler because who's got time for all that? Um, 
And One Piece is great too. One Piece is really fun. Um, I, we're still kind of getting to know the cast of characters on the boat. Um, each one has had their own like little arc, um, and now we're on Nami's arc. Um, so I'm looking forward to continuing that. But that's uh, my update for my summer of shonen. Um, I don't it's know. A what lot I'm, of shonen. It's a lot of shonen. I don't know what I'm going to do next. Uh, I'm going to need to add one more show to the mix. Uh, but I don't know what it should be. So I'm, you know, let me know if you have a if you have a suggestion for me. Um, oh, you, it, if you want to do like just a silly sports anime, Hinamaru Sumo is really fun. No, that's not the kind of thing I'm going for. I'm going for like the core, More straight, the core shonen shows, you know? I guess Yu Yu Hakusho is probably a good bet. I should I mean, probably finish that. Yu Yu Hakusho is one of my faves of all time. Yeah. So I always would pick recommend. that one. Um, but speaking of things that we recommend, I'm going to talk about Akane Banashi. Um, which is one that I've told you about. Uh, I saw an article for it. I think it was in Kotaku, and it was like it was like all of the the creators of the best manga are recommending this manga, and I was like, all right, whatever. Let's see what it is. Um, and this one, Akane Banashi, uh, I think it, it's really interesting and really cool for the same reasons that I think you enjoyed uh, Chihiro Furu and um, March comes in like a lion, in that it centralizes around. A type of um, Japanese cultural activity that you may not have been familiar with, um, okay. and in this case, it's the story of a girl who does rakugo, which, if you don't know, rakugo um, is often incorrectly translated as like Japanese stand-up, which it's not. It's something really more akin to like one-man shows. Mm. So basically, it, it centers around rakugo is. Um, one person telling a story, and that person plays all of the characters in the story. So, like, the person has to be really good at, like, voices and facial expressions and movements. And the only props they can have are a paper fan and a piece of cloth. Um, so, like, they're, the, the whole point of it is that it's supposed to be really evocative uh, storytelling. And, like, you have to, like, transport the audience to into the story using the bare minimum, right? Um, and this story centers around a girl whose father was in was like in school like a, a rakugo school and like under mysterious circumstances got expelled and like she wants like to get revenge for that um so she starts training in rakugo um as like a like a like a teenager like she's like a senior in high school um she's getting ready to graduate but um i think it's really good we're starting we're just entering uh, in the middle of a tournament arc right now uh, there are 25 chapters of it out in English currently. Um, it's being released on Manga Plus uh, and also Shonen Plus. I'm trying to imagine a Rock or Jump Go Plus. tournament. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, I don't want to give too much away because I do think you should actually read it. I think you would really enjoy it. Um, but um, yeah, and you know, speaking of Manga Plus, uh, I wanted to also talk uh, about some of the shortcomings that I've noticed because they they have become apparent with this particular uh, one that I've been reading. Like I said, there are twenty five chapters that are out right now, but um, it's do it it has that same um, uh, conceit where you can read the first three chapters and the most recent three chapters. Now, they did add a new thing where you can read the chapters in between, but only once, and then you can't read them anymore. You have to go over mm -hmm. to Jump Plus, right? But the system that they use for that is not the greatest. So once you start reading it, you cannot stop. If you lose your place, if you back out, uh, if you can't, like if you get interrupted while loading, 
It's done. It's gone. You mm-hmm. can't ever read it again. So, like, I think if they're going to have a system like this, it has to, like, it has to be more, like, uh, user-friendly. It's a tricky system to maintain. Yeah, because, like, what happened to me was I was reading, I was reading a chapter, and, like, usually all my chapter, like, once I start reading it, all of the chapters load for me at once, right? But I was on the subway, and I thought all of the chapters in this one loaded because I loaded it, like, I opened it up well before I got on the train, but it didn't. Only half of them did, and I lost my spot. And I couldn't read the chapter again, so I had to go and find it elsewhere, read it there, and then come back to the to the app. So I think if the app saved your place, you know, if you had a, a way for it to save your place and, like, you know, once you're actually done reading it, then make it off limits, I would be okay with it. But uh, the way the system is now does not work very well. Um, but uh, lucky for you, Dan, you can get it on Jump Plus, so you don't even have to worry about that. Great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely I recommend checking that one out. I ripped through the the twenty five chapters in like a day and a half. Um, it's nice. that good. Um, and next up, I would like to talk about Parallel World Pharmacy. But guess what, Dan? We can't. Okay. I can't talk about Parallel World Pharmacy. Uh, pharmacy, and that's because I have to go on a rant. Okay. Okay. Go so for it. now everybody strap in for me on my soapbox because I'm sick and goddamn tired. Of all these fucking harem shows with no goddamn story, just piggybacking off each other. <laughs> and you know what? I had a mental breakdown at work because Dan sent me a news article for fucking harem camp. Where are we just we're just having harems everywhere now? We're having harem camp, it's gonna be harem bus stop, harem in the driveway, harem at the supermarket. It's every freaking season, there's three or four new stupid harem shows that have no storyline, and they're just it's just like, hey, what if you had a bunch of hot girls in camp? And like, ugh, I'm so fucking tired of it, dude. It's so vapid and devoid of Get any ready. kind of. This is just oh the beginning. Oh my god, it's so bad. I saw. I just saw another one today. It was like some stupid like. Uh, it was a dog. Is like, what if you're a dog and you had a harem? And it's like, come on, man. Like, just stop. Make make real shows. There are so many good manga out there that need adaptations. Why do? Why are all these like intellectually devoid like? copies of each other stupid harem shows getting all these anime it's so annoying you don't know uh harem camp may be like the next schindler's list no it's (laughs) wait what you know just like critically acclaimed moving on from that (laughs) uh no I, i i looked i looked at some reviews of it it's literally just hey what if your camp was horny oh yeah interesting yeah so like you know that's my that's my rant. I had like a, I had like the, the fuse in my brain melted when I saw that fucking story, and I let, I went into the doc and I literally crossed out Parallel World Pharmacy because I want you to know I want to talk about Parallel World Pharmacy. It's a good show. It deserves to be talked about. But instead, we're talking about this. So thank you, thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what do you want to rant about? Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at bestboys underscore pod. Or you can send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com. Listen up, best buds. We got to talk. Okay? We have to talk. We need you to rate and review us in Apple Podcasts. Because it would help us out a lot. We really appreciate it. We we love making the show for you. And we hope you enjoy it as much as we love making it. Um, but, you know, we haven't had a review there in over a year. I looked the other day. And I was like, you know, the other day, and I think it would really help us out with the algorithm, and I am, the offer is still open. If you leave us a review, you let me know what anime you want me to watch three episodes of, uh, and I'll do a little review in in our banter section for you. 
uh, let you know what we think. Well, what I think. Maybe Dan won't do it. He doesn't have to. I'm the only one who has to do it. We'll see. If it's a good anime, I'll watch it. Yeah, if it's a bad <laughs> anime, I'll still watch it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Best Buds, that would really help us out. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, with that being said, it's time for us to check in with Studio WEEB for some anime news. That's right, Best Buds. And I'm going to kick it off with some bomb news. Trigger is making a new anime. Hell yeah. And it's called Delicious in Dungeon. Mm. Uh, Ryoko Kui's uh, Delicious in Dungeon manga is getting a television anime by Studio Trigger. And here is the synopsis. What do you get when you cross dungeon adventures and food manga? You get Delicious in Dungeon, where we find our troop of adventurers on a mission to save their lost team member while figuring out how to survive on the food the dungeon provides. When young adventurer Laos, Laos. Laos? Uh, and his company are attacked and soundly thrashed by a dungeon deep in by a dragon deep in the dungeon. The party loses all of its money and provisions. They are eager to get uh, right back to it, but there is just one problem. If they set out with no food or coin to speak of, they are sure <laughs> they are sure to eat it on the way. But Laos, 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 Laos. Where, where are you getting Laos from? L <laughs> a i o s comes up with brilliant idea. Let's eat the monsters, slimes, basilisks, mimics, and even dragons. None are safe from the appetites of these dungeon-crawling gourmets, gourmands. Yeah, um, that sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, also, it's a wild concept, and especially the idea of Trigger doing it makes me want to see, like, what what kind of wildness is this going to be? I want to see how Trigger is going to draw a dragon steak. It should be interesting. Um, there's only like one image out and it does not tell me anything. Yeah, I'm sure they're probably saving the food pics. Um, so, up next, uh, the One Piece film Red anime film has <laughs> raked in, uh, has ranked number one in the Japanese box office this opening weekend. Uh, the film sold more than 1.58 million tickets and earned. 2.254 billion yen or roughly 16.7 million US dollars yeah. in its first two days. It was weird. It opened on a Saturday, which is odd. Uh, I would like to point out that Doctor Strange has cumulatively made 17 million dollars in Japan. So I, it's not to show that this is like, because this is very good. It's not like, you know, setting the top, top records. But, you know, it shows kind of where the Japanese cinema interest is. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's one piece. It's not nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, the film earned 78% more uh, in its first two days than the previous film, One Piece Stampede, did in the first three days because it opened on a Friday. Right. So, uh, all in all, good opening for uh, One Piece Red. So, it seems yeah. like it's got got a lot of uh, steam behind it hell yeah uh and then to round out my corner i am yes. so excited about this and i i'm pretty sure i talked about this manga at some point on the show maybe yeah um but uh katakawa announced that uh hirokuma's reborn as a vending machine at i now wander the dungeon light series novel is inspiring an anime uh the announcement did not reveal the anime's format it's probably going to be like a series yeah I would imagine um so. 
the synopsis is a middle-aged man uh, with only one passion in life meets a fitting end in a traffic accident. That's where most stories would uh, end, but instead this is when his story begins and he is reborn as what he admired most in life, a vending machine. But his new lease on life happens to be in the worst place possible. What can a vending machine do in a monster-infested dungeon when he can't speak or even move on his own? (laughs) This is also just such an absurd concept that I can't wait for this anime. Me neither. I'm going to watch the hell out of it. (laughs) Especially with some of the images that I've seen from it. I think I'm I'm going to enjoy this quite a bit. Yeah, it looks fun. So that's that's what I got to say. Absolutely. And speaking of what I have to say... Um, the, uh, Tony Kawa Over the Moon for You has, uh, premiered its latest OVA episode at Crunchyroll Expo 2022, held in San Jose. Uh, the best boys were unable to attend due to the unfortunate fact that I cannot take the subway there. Uh, the new episode is titled Seifuku, which means uniform in English, uh, and is the final OVA before the second season of the show airs. Um, this one is a bit spicier than most episodes of the show, with the plot revolving around Tsukasa modeling cosplay outfits for NASA, uh, but it's still filled with plenty of wholesome goodness. Um, Unfortunately, for those who weren't able to make it out to uh, California for the convention, Crunchyroll has also announced that the episode's release in Japan has been delayed to fall. Uh, And since they're streaming it on Crunchyroll concurrent with the Japanese release, that means it's delayed worldwide. Um, There's been no word on what's causing the delay, so we'll just have to wait until the leaves start falling. Um, Which, this is weird to me, like... The, it, it's being delayed, but it's obviously complete. Um, which tells me that there is something, something took its spot on the net, uh, on the network, uh, time slot. That's the only, the only excuse that could be because the, the episode is complete. They screened it. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of a bummer, but I'll be looking forward to it. Yeah. More breaking news from Crunchyroll Expo. Tower of God has announced a second season. Um, a brief synopsis for those of you who missed it or just haven't thought about it in a while. There is a tower that summons chosen people called regulars with the promise of granting their deepest desires, whether it be wealth, fame, authority, or something that surpasses them all. Everything awaits those who reach the top. 25th Bam is a boy who, uh, who had only known a dark cave, a dirty cloth, and an unreachable light his entire life. So when a girl named Rachel came to him through the light, his entire world changed. Becoming close friends with Rachel, he learned various things about the outside world from her, but when Rachel says she must leave him to climb the tower, his world shatters around him. Vowing to follow after her no matter what it takes, he sets his sight on the tower and a miracle occurs. Thus begins the uh, journey of Bam, a young boy who was not chosen by the tower, but opened its gates by himself. They call his kind irregulars, beings uh, that have shaken the very foundation of the tower each time they set foot in it. Um... And I feel like literally the day before this news drops, Best Boy Dan and I were chatting about, uh, and one of us just said, I wonder what's going to happen with Tower of God. Like, I feel like like that happened, and then the next day, uh, they announced this news. I'm psyched for this. I love Tower of God. Me too. I'm really excited to see it come back, especially with the way the first season ended. It was like a huge yeah. cliffhanger. Um, uh, best Person Cat read ahead, and uh, she said that it just, like, gets really, like, totally different from that's where what it's I've been, heard. So, yeah. I'm interested to see how they will adapt it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and finally, in our little news section here, uh, Avex has announced that it is producing a television anime adaptation for the Norio Sakurai manga, The Dangers in My Heart. 
the anime will premiere in 2023. The story centers around Ichikawa Kyotaro, a boy barely clinging to the bottom rung of his school's social ladder, uh, who secretly believes he's a tortured lead in some psychological thriller. He spends his days dreaming up ways to disrupt his classmates' peaceful lives and pining after Anna Yamada, the class idol. But Kyotaro's not nearly the troubled teen he pretends to be, and it turns out Anna's a bit odd herself. Um, now, I've been reading the manga for this one for a while, and it's one of my favorites. Uh, I'm always looking forward to the new chapter releases. Uh, some people are a little put off by the title and the description. We talked about this earlier. Uh, but don't be. Uh, they're supposed to be kind of tongue-in-cheek, and the manga is not as edgelordy as they make it out to be. Um, at its core, the story is about an adolescent boy who feels alienated from the people around him, learning to see both them and himself as a whole human beings as opposed to a collection of stereotypes. Um, I think this if they pull this one off just right, it has the makings of a big hit. Um, but I, I'm not, I'm not as confident to say this is going to be an amazing, like this is going to be the show of the season just yet. Um, I guess we'll just have to see how they do it, but I'm really excited for it. Sounds good. Excellent. Um, you know, so with that being said, let us know best buds. What are you going to be watching this, uh, this season? Are you excited to, uh, you know, buy some snacks and drinks in a dungeon from a vending machine? Uh, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at bestboys underscore pod or send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com. And with that being said, I think it's time for us to move on to the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. どういたしまして All right, best buds. So what we've got for you this week is a little bit of a seasonal spotlight. Um, we just kind of wanted to draw some attention to two of the shows that are that are currently running, um, just to give you some like a bit of a deeper dive than you might get on our seasonal anime episodes. Um, and this week, I, uh, I guess our theme is trash and treasures. Yeah, um, I think it's you know, like Chris Recoil is kind of a known quantity of like this is a good show. Yeah, like, it's at the top of the popularity list. Uh, and, and it's great. And we want to talk about it and kind of give it a spotlight if you're not already watching it. Um, cause we think it's definitely worth checking out. And that's kind of like the obvious, like, Hey, you should be checking this out. Yeah. And then the other show we are going to talk about is Vermeer and Gold. Yes. And it, it is, for me, it's going to open up a lot, a larger conversation about like, how much trash can you take to get to a good show? <laughs> because it is a good show. I think it is too. But it is also definitely trash. Yeah. Like, firmly in the trash, like, can. Absolutely. But, um, but it, I think it deserves an, a conversation, so... And I have just... I have so much to say about it. Like, like Chris Recoil, great show. But Vermeer and Gold, I, have, I could write an essays about. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we're going to dive right into it. And since we have uh, Black Horse Recoil is already kind of a known quantity, uh, let's go ahead and start with that one. Um, you know, just a refresher, it comes to us from A1 Pictures and is streaming every Saturday on Crunchyroll. Uh, the synopsis is, the number of terrorist acts in Japan has never been lower thanks to the efforts of a syndicate called Direct Action. Uh, the organization raises orphaned Direct girls attack. as... What? 
Direct Attack. Oh, Direct Attack. What did I say? Direct Action. Well, that's a better name. Uh, the organization raises orphaned girls as killers to carry out assassinations under their Lycoris or Lycoris program. I'm not actually sure which one is right. Um, Takina Inoue is an exceptional Lycoris with a strong sense of purpose and a penchant for perfection. Unfortunately, a hostage situation tests her patience and the resulting act of insubordination leads her to transfer out of DA. Not thrilled about losing the only place she belonged to, she reluctantly arrives at her new base of operations, Lyco Reco, a cafe in disguise. Uh, Takina's new partner, however, turns out to be quite different from what she imagined. Despite being the famed Lycoris prodigy, Chisato Nishikigi appears almost unconcerned with her duties. She drags Takina along in all kinds of odd jobs under the simple explanation of helping people in need. Takina is more puzzled when Chisato takes down a group of armed assailants without killing any of them. Feeling like a fish out of water, Takina itches to get reinstated into DA, but Chisato is determined to, pr uh, to prove to her that there is more to life than just taking them. Yeah, it's this is, this is an excellent show. Uh, the OP is Alive by uh, Clary S., uh, and I think it's good. I like it. It, yeah. you know, I don't it know if it's piece. like, you know, it's not like in my top 10 or anything like no. that, but, but it's enjoyable and it serves the purpose. Yeah. I like that the visuals kind of showcase the various facets of the main characters. So you like, mm -hmm. you have Chisato being like kind of carefree and silly. And then you also have her like being all serious and, you know, I really like the moment at the end where they kick each other in the butt. Yes. Um, just because that moment feels so real to me because I have definitely had that moment with friends where like one of you like kicks the other person and the other one kicks like twice as hard. Mm -hmm. Like that's just such a real moment and I love it. Yeah. Um, the ED is Hana no To by Sayuri. Um, and I actually really enjoy the, uh, the ED. It's got kind of an upbeat, boppy kind of end to the episode, and the visual uh, the visuals are you know mid or whatever. But I, I like, like the visuals. I think they kind of just like show fun aspects of the characters. I think to you know it, it's just it's typical. So like you have like you have the characters at rest, and then like you have a scene where they're running, and then yeah. you have a scene where they embrace, and it's like <laughs> it's very it's it's very typical. But it, I, I'm not it's no Jujutsu Kaisen on yeah, the beach, exactly. You know? um, but yeah, I re I do really enjoy the song. The song is really neat. Um, as far as the show is concerned, uh, like Horse Recall is an original anime. However, a manga adaptation will be launching in uh, Kadokawa's Comic Flapper magazine uh, on September 5th. And to add to that, they're also coming out with a light novel, too. Really? Yeah. They're doing it all backwards. Yes. Um, which I actually think comes out after the manga, too. So That's it's, like, so really weird. backwards. Um, but, yeah, it... it it makes sense. I'm actually kind of really excited that it's an original property because I have no idea where it's, like, going to end up. Yeah. The thing I really like about it is that it very subtly kind of blows up the world into larger and larger, you know, bits um, while still telling such an incredibly grounded story. Yeah. Um so it, it it's kind of uh, this is I think kind of a top notch example of you know what people can do when they you know make an original creation. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting too is this comes from uh, the creator of uh, Bento, which I told Best Boy Justin yes. about for the first time, which I don't know how has <laughs> never crossed your. I had never Path heard before. of it. I, I was going to watch it, but then I just ended up not having the time. <laughs> that I, Technically, that's shown in. Yeah. If you needed a show, it's only 12 episodes. 
Um, yeah, that show is about uh, women and I guess men too, but like scantily clad women in panty shots fighting over like delicious grocery items. Yeah, what what, <laughs> what more could you want? Um, but yeah, I I think the best way to sum it up is this show is John Wick with School Girls. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like the, the way I feel about that explanation is it simultaneously sums up the show perfectly and also not at all. Yeah. You know, it's like one of those kind of deals. Um, at its core, the show is kind of a suspense thriller. Uh, it's got healthy doses of action and mystery. Um, it's also got just enough of a girl-on-girl subplot for me to reactivate Yuri Watch 2022 uh, so keep an eye out for updates on that front. Uh, I will be letting you know. It. What I find interesting though is it definitely has a slice of life element to Absolutely. it, right? Yeah. Like it. It has that. You know, they have their action scenes. They have their like bigger, larger mystery going on. They have their like hacker scenes, and then they just have them like being two normal teenage girls. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things I really like about the show is, is that it manages to balance all of those different facets really well. And it does all of them individually yeah. really well, too. Yeah. So, like, on, on their own merits, they're all really good, and the way they fit within the show works out really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there it, it's proportioned out just enough that it keeps the show engaging and interesting without ever getting too boring or too heavy or too action, you know, packed. Um, there's always a relief valve for any number of those mm-hmm. kind of sensations. Um, and I think that that is definitely the mark of really good show writing. And the, even just within each episode, I've I've noticed this. They do that really well. There's not yeah. an episode that doesn't have an action scene in it and also doesn't have just like a like slice of life scene in it. Yeah. And I think one of the perfect episodes, one of the perfect episodes to talk about that um, is the Pantsu episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And in my opinion, it, it's probably the funniest single episode of any anime we've had so far this yeah. season. Uh, I think it, it's episode four, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes. Um, and it it, it, it it didn't just use dialogue to create comedic moments, but also camera angles and oh, tension. Oh, yeah. So, like, in the, in the beginning, when she's doing the cartwheel and Chisato's head is blocking what's under her skirt and in your head you're thinking oh my god she just like mooned chisato yeah. and like when you when you re- when it's revealed when she pulls up her skirt it's that she's wearing boxers underneath yeah and like that moment was just so well done without <laughs> any dialogue whatsoever yeah um, and i thought that that was really cool but um you know the uh it, it also kind of it contrasts with this high stakes mystery mm-hmm. action story that even in this scene which is literally the this episode which literally centers around them going shopping for panties um the the background still moves it's still the story is still going and you still see facets of it and like it still feels yeah, they real. walk by a train station that has like a terrorist attack that is like intricate to the plot yeah and, like, all of that happens during this fun, happy little, like, comedy sequence. Um, and I think that that's a really good encapsulation of, like, the way that this show is balanced out perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just, like, the characters are are really bring it all together, too. The yeah. voice actor for Chisato is, like, definitely a candidate for Best VA. Oh, yeah. She's she's great. She's she, lovely. Um, Really brings that character to life. It's it, it, one of those performances where you're like, voice acting is an art form. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, one of the other important things when we talk about this show, too, 
um, because we're so quick to invoke the name of John Wick, and we're not the only ones. Uh, yeah. You know, everybody, uh, everybody's kind of like seeing it that way. Um, is the gunplay? Yeah, I, I really enjoy the gunplay. It's dynamic. It's very exciting. Um, and one of the things that struck me is that much like John Wick, the characters actually seem to know their way around guns yes. in a in a way that feels real. Um, and I mean, obviously there are like flashy over the top things because this is a TV anime. It's not a shooting manual, but um, you can tell the creators actually t- took the time to learn how people with formal training like hold and move and act with guns. It's not like your, you know, your typical action gun shooter where the guy's got like, you know, pistols in each hand, fully extended, just busting shots out. You know, like it's really. Um, I remember a scene where Chisato is kind of like in a, like a close quarters battle. I think this is when they were fighting uh, the guys in the car. Um, and um, she's actually holding her pistol like close to her chest, which is like what you're supposed to do like in close quarters. And then she kind of like turns a corner into a more open space and her stance really like opens up and like she kind of like shoots her hands out. Like the way a person who like has the kind of training to do this stuff would do. It doesn't look flashy. It doesn't look like your typical action movie stuff, but it feels real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the little things like this go a long way for me with this show. Yeah, especially when you have like schoolgirls doing yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. That's like, also it, the, that's it, the gap moe. It like lends like kind of an air of realism to something that is so unreal. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of the the schoolgirls, I wanted to talk specifically about the relationship between uh, Chisato and Takina. Um, and I think that it's probably the most interesting thing about this show. Um, and they, you know, they obviously get close to each other really quick, um, partially by necessity and partially due to, like, the fact that Chisato is, like, a social butterfly. She's, like, a... She's one of those, like, super outgoing people who wants to make friends with everybody. Um, but despite the closeness between them, each is like simultaneously holding each other at arm's length, um, behind Chisato's cheerful demeanor is a deep well of mystery. And not only does she turn into like a completely different person when things get serious, uh, and flip a switch with, she flips on and off at like a moment's notice. Um, but she's also got some shady ties to an organization of like, uh, anonymous benefactors, The, the the Allen Institute. And then she's got a connection to this major disaster, which she's like been hailed as the hero of the incident, but she never talks about it. And when either of these topics come up, she always kind of deflects and changes the subject, um, which is kind of shady. And then uh, Takina, um, you know, she is clearly gets along with Chisato in a way that she never has with anyone before. Um, and she might actually be her first friend. Like, we haven't really gotten too much of Takina's backstory, but it's kind of obvious that she doesn't, you know, generally make have good relations with the people around her. She's like kind of very serious and weird and straightforward and kind of a mystery in and of herself. Um, but uh, despite this, she only lets Chiasato get so close to her and she kind of really maintains this focus on getting back to DA as soon as possible. And she seems to kind of be willing to do whatever it takes to do that. Um, and I, we've got a little bit of the in, of insight as to what lies behind that drive. But like, I guess the question is like, how far will she go? You know, there's always that kind of tension you know, in their relationship, which I think is interesting. Yeah, it, there's definitely a lot left to be revealed, and I'm very curious to see where, where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about with this show before we move on to Verme and Gold was the fact that we have a pretty positive portrayal of a black character in this show, which is it, it's so rare it stood out immediately. 
Um, <laughs> um, I'm surprised it's gone this long and they haven't messed it up yet. I've been waiting, and I still am. Like, it's kind of like I'm waiting for anime to anime itself. But uh, Mika-sensei is the supervisor of the girls over at Laiko Reko, uh, and so far has been a really great representation of a black man in anime. He's not, like, a super strong fighter because mysterious black people muscles. <laughs> or, like, he's not, like, kind of being used as some alternative representation of American culture. Um, he's just a black dude living his life, doing his job. Um, his character design is really great. He uh, kind of has features that feel authentically black. They actually drew a black person's palms correctly, which is amazing, which they never do. Um, but it doesn't like amplify uh, any kind of stereotypical features in a cartoonish way. You know, you, you don't get those kind of like really um, kind of tired like like huge lips and big nose yeah. like drawings like you don't get that with this the, the character actually feels like a black person yeah um even though he wears a full kimono with a with a haori coat he is incidentally black yeah exactly um he, he wears like a full kimono like traditional japanese clothes but uh, also has cornrows uh and he serves as like a, pater- a paternal figure for the uh the girls at like oreko um He's a really cool character. He's got his own little mysteries, and I'm I'm really uh, excited to see more of he his stories. He probably well. has the biggest mysteries. I think he does, uh, and I think that's really I think it's really cool the way they kind of were Him like and the hey, blonde guy. Yeah, the blonde guy. Well, I I think the blonde guy really has some. He, well, there's a lot going. Yeah, on. there's so much going on. I don't want to <laughs> give any spoilers because I want you guys to watch this show, and this show is really great. Um, if you're not watching it, if you watch seasonal anime and you're not watching this show, you're missing out on probably one of the bigger shows this season. Yeah. Um, There's think, not a ton of like big names this season, but but this is this is poised to be you know yeah something to be remembered. This is going to be a show that people talk about. Um, so yeah, definitely do check it out. Um, I highly recommend it. I can't say I can't say anything anything more about it than highly recommend. Please watch <laughs> until it animates itself. Until it animates itself, <laughs> then we'll we'll revisit that later. Uh, now something that animated itself like immediately oh yeah within the first 10 minutes <laughs> is vermeil gold yes um which i desperately want to call vermeil i know you do uh um, i watch it happen every time literally every time i say it um and as soon as this episode is recorded i will regress back to uh-huh. um it comes to us from staple entertainment uh streaming tuesdays on high dive where it belongs um yes, also this, this show is on high dive for a reason <laughs> Alto, a student at the Royal Ortigia uh, Magic Academy, is on the verge of failing the summoning magic class and having to repeat the year. Desperate to avoid being held back for a year, he stumbles upon a grimoire and draws a magic circle, summoning the sealed demon Vermeil and making her his familiar. She has been feared devil since ancient times and possesses a tremendous power to cause disasters. Vermeil, as a familiar, necessitates magic energy on a daily basis, which she obtains from Alto via passionate kisses. Uh, Lilia, Alto's childhood friend, grows envious of their relationship, while the students are also taken aback by the unprecedented familiar. The Royal Road fantasy the royal road fantasy of a magician on the edge of failure and a mysterious devil woman begins begins um believe it i don't know i have so much to say and i want to get started on it but let's hit the op which is let's do the music uh abracadabu by uh 
Kaori Ishihara. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not bad. I would say it's upper mid. Yeah. You know, it's got the kind of boppy intro with the visuals, which have plenty of shots of Verme's opai, um, alongside all of the characters smiling, even though a lot of them never smile in the show. So that's a little <laughs> off-putting. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's fine. Yeah. Um, and then the ED is Mortal With You by Millie, which you say is nothing to write home about, but I think yeah. it's gorgeous. Uh, I think it's a stock standard. The music is like just kind of breathy orchestral piece that yeah. just is seems... I really like the art. It to seems it. fine. The I art is. I think pretty. the art is the best part of the ED. Um, but yeah, I just it just didn't do anything for me. Um, all right. So, but before we get into all of this, I pose a question to you, yes. best boy Justin. How much trash is too much trash? So here's the thing. You know, <laughs> we're going to talk about this as we go throughout the show. I think this is the line. This you is know, the line like you I, found I, it. I feel like we 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 found the line you know? uh, for for Best Boy Justin. Yeah. my line is I know tragically is... way too far past this. I, yeah, I think we we found the line. Like I feel like I thought we found the line with "Do you love your mother and her two hit targets attacks?" and then it went past it, and I was like, okay, not here. Yeah, that one was definitely over the line. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, what's that one show that? Uh, Harem, the first harem that came out last season. The first harem that came out the, last like, season. With all the men who are dead. All the men who are dead. What? The big harem show. Uh, Did I block it out of my memory? Probably. <laughs> they blacked everything out. Oh, it, yeah. World's End Harem. World's yeah, End I Harem. I did block that out of my memory. <laughs> that was definitely over the line. Thanks for bringing that back. I mean, I guess probably I mean, High School DxD is probably my line. Harem, like, Harem Labyrinth is way over the line. Harem Labyrinth is just bad. Yeah. It's a bad premise, and it I don't shouldn't know. have made it. I, we definitely do have to do High School DxD for an episode of, of Anime Was a Mistake, because I am curious to see how far <laughs> over my line it is. You know, because you're saying it's at your line, so I'm, I mean, I'm it's, so curious I, The now. thing is about that show is it's just gratuitous. So, mm. uh, so that is an interesting Keijo. contrast to this. Keijo is an interesting is Ke- is, a, is a way to say that that uh, a show that hasn't crossed my line. Keijo is fun because yeah. Keijo had a lot to offer and like yeah, yeah. it was trashy, but it's like, not. trashy, but it's like it it is designed to yeah. be trashy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it knows exactly what it is. That's how I feel about. Um, High School of the Dead. Okay. It's like, it's a great zombie anime. I've seen anime, But, like, it's so over-the-top, like, etchy. But, yeah. like, it also knows what it is in that context. And it balances the two well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, ultimately, with this show, it... The the funny thing is, is like there is a good story here. Yeah, there is. There it's it's a really interesting story. I stick by what I said in that it reminds me um a lot of that uh one show. Oh no, I'm thinking of a different show. Never mind. Um <laughs> But uh it, it's there's a really good story under here, but it's buried under a, a mountain of trash. Oh, it's so much trash. Um <laughs> and so it is it is an interesting question because I think everyone has that line where they're like, no, I'm out. I yeah. can't I can't do this. And I think for most sane people, it's way before this show. 
don't which know about way before. I, there's a lot of bad things in this show, there are, but yeah. it's one of those things, and we're gonna go through them. And I guess you, the listener, will have to go through your mental checklist and say, like, is this something I can get past? Yeah. And if it is, we recommend this show for you. And if it's not. Feel free to turn around and go watch Lycoris Recoil. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, unless you're a loser. Um. So, what do you? Oh wanna, yeah, what no. Do you want to talk I, about first. Uh, so I want to talk about what what I, I I hadn't mentioned this yet, but I did want to mention this. Um, this show also reminds me of the beginning after the end. I just okay. want to get this in quickly. Um, the whole plot with like the injections to mm-hmm. students, uh, the president looks just like, uh, an elf character in it. Um, a lot of the same vibes, a lot of the character designs are similar, except for the main characters. There's not really any characters who look like Vermeer and, and the boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I, there's also a little Tanya the Evil in there because yeah. the um, Dragon Rider president just looks like Chris. Yeah, yeah, Chris looks like uh, a busty version of Tanya the Evil. <laughs> yeah, she actually gets a good she has she gets a good little arc in this though. Yes, you know. Yes, uh, though I have some like f- thoughts about her character and specifically her character design. <laughs> okay, um, but yeah. Here's the thing. Weird thing about the show is, despite it being graphically sexual, mm-hmm. and you know having this like very sex centric character, it is not overt in nudity. Yeah, the nudity factor of it is fairly mild. I, I don't know if I would say mild. Well, I mean, compared to like you compared know, to a high school well, DXD. In, in, in what I'm saying is, sure. that, is that like there is there is a ton of partial nudity. There is not a lot of. There are like, no nipples. Yeah, there's no nipples. Um, you don't see below the belt nudity. It's always covered by you know yeah. shadows, rays. And of light everything or is covered, but it's it's not it's not even so much rays of light. I noticed this because. That it's like hands covering it, yeah, or hands things too. things that you're not going to take out in the Blu-ray version of yeah. it. Yeah, which to me is actually a little important because it's not just in that one regard using nudity to sell. Definitely, right. sex is a selling mechanism it, to this uh, show. It's not the kind of show that they drew as porn and then just erase the nipples. Yes, right? Know? It's not a show where they had to go in and black it out like yeah. they did with World's End Harem, right? <laughs> this is a show that they didn't have to black out at all. They drew it as is. So I, I think that is an interesting thing to note. Now, that said, we're going to get to the first big hurdle of this show. Okay, all right. Let's 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 hear it. Which is that at its core, this is a Shota show. Yes, it is. Uh, Best Boy Justin, would you care to go into what a Shota is? Yes, um, we can talk about Shota. We're going to talk about it very briefly because I don't have the time to really cover all Nor the Nor do we of want it. to. <laughs> yeah. um, Shota basically, um, it's an anime or manga that, that content features young boys, generally 15 years or under in a romantic or sexual context. Um, the content ranges from explicitly pornographic to mildly suggestive, romantic, or in rare cases, entirely non-sexual. Um, uh, obviously, Shota is a pretty controversial topic in anime. Uh, as a child of that age, cannot really consent to sexual activity. 
Um, there's a lot to say on the topic. Uh, that's a job for another episode or probably just an entirely different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't watch a whole lot of Shota, despite the, despite the fact that the one Shota manga I do read is actually also has an anime out this season. But it's not. It's one of the ones where it's non-sexual, so... The maid, the main one. one, yeah, yeah, maid is mysterious. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things that is incidentally in shows that I enjoy, but yeah. it's not something I particularly seek out. Like, I mean, I love Dragon Maid, but there's definitely a show to you know yes. character in <laughs> yes, Dragon there, Maid. Is there ever? And that's um, like basically this character in a different world. Yeah. So, so that's like a thing, and. To be honest, it's not a thing that I'm particularly fond of conceptually, right? Like, yeah. I there's kind of this whole, you know, mentality for, like, men of, like, you know, oh, I want to be cool if, like, you know, slept with the teacher, like, things like that. But, like, in reality, there is a big issue with age and power dynamics and, and consent and the best boy stance is that is not good. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that that's kind of also a hallmark of, of Shota um, is that like the non-consent or dubious consent uh, is, is a very common trope. So like you, and the, the way it manifests in its milder forms is like with um, Shota and, and um, oh God, why did I just blank on her name? Lukua. Yeah. In uh, Dragon Maid or, you know, like the maid and the, uh, the, the young boy in uh, Suspic- uh, Suspicious Maid. Um, but then it also kind of manifests itself in more overtly uh, distressing ways, uh, you know, in this show. And it also, you know, there are things out there that are much more alarming. So there are moments in the show where the main character distinctly says no. Mm. And the demon forces herself onto him. And it's played off as a joke, like... The next morning, he's like, oh, God. And she's, like, beaming with, like, happiness, like, sort of thing. And it makes light of a real thing. A real, you know, problematic issue that people go through. Yeah. Um, It is also a matter of culture, right? These sorts of stories are not something that we are used to in the Western culture. I'm not saying that we need to be used to them. But it is something that is more commonplace in Japan. Yeah, I, I suppose you know, and 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 it's not just Shota. There's you know other. It's got you know, um, Lolicon is also uh, yeah. basically considered like the the. But she's nine hundred years yeah, old. Exactly. Best boy Justin. So like, these kind of things, you know, are are uh, more commonplace in Japanese culture um, in a way that they are not here. I'm not saying that that's right. I'm also not criticizing the culture for that. I'm just presenting that as, yeah, uh, you know, the way things are. When I'm, I don't, we don't have to be happy about it, and we we aren't always. Yeah, and and we bring the gravity to what is being presented on screen. It is not presented in that way right. in the moment of the show. The, the character, it's played as a joke. Yeah, Alto is never seen to be in duress uh, at any point, even though this there is these this problematic relationship between them. Um, although I will say that there are show to shows out there where that is not the case. Right. Um, in this case, you know, like we said, it's not like he's not like it, it's not graphic, um, but it is concerning in, yeah. in some ways. Um, there's, you know, 
there's also definitely some like body dysmorphism oh, God, issues yes. with this show. Like uh, the the demon um, wears the the Ara Ara dress and is just like it's held on by magic. It has to be because it, like she is just insanely stacked, yep. like to a ridiculous degree, and like. Again, this is kind of a trope in anime, and especially in this kind of, like, you know, it's it's literally called the Ara Ara dress Mm -hmm. because it's made for, you know, like, women going after, like, younger men. Yeah. Um, But uh, to that note, I also want to point out that there is a weird kind of lens in which all of the characters are drawn which is a kind of distinctly male gaze so uh when i say that one girl is like busty tanya the evil like in her fight her blouse gets like blown open and like her bra starts sticking out and like there's no need to do that other than like for the show to be like edgy (laughs) if her bra doesn't come out how will we know she's sexy how will we know she's taken damage yeah right (laughs) um yeah, I think you're definitely right. Like, and, and you know, that's not necessarily just a problem with this show. That's like a problem with a lot of shows, but it is amplified to a degree with this show. You know, because Absolutely. the show is already so horny, so all of the normal horny problems become so much more problematic. So now, I mean, is there any other like problematic things that jump out to you? I mean, from it, <laughs> like, not we yet. covered a lot of the big ones. Um, you know, there's, I guess there's things to be said about like contracts and all that, but like, that's all. Yeah, that's magic thing. stuff. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm willing to stuff. leave that on another. Uh, well, though, everyone is like kind of okay with him making a contract with a human. And yeah, that, like, that, yeah, we're bound together. <laughs> that, that explanation kind of didn't, you know, uh, whatever. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, glossing over, <laughs> but like, the question becomes, you know, we went over all these things, like, can you get past that and watch this show? Yeah, and you know what? I think if you can, you know, there's a lot here. I think in particular, the thing that kind of really surprised me was how how well the characters are conceptualized. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we get a good understanding of their motivations and their, you know, their desires without necessarily having to have them explain it to us, you know? So you you understand without, you know, Verme going in depth about it, about the fact the fact that she's just excited to be in the world again. She's like she's so excited to eat desserts, you know. Yeah. She's she she has very simple but also very monumental desires for someone who's been locked away for, you know, millennia or whatever yeah. the case might be. Yeah, I mean, I think on top of it just being a, a tremendous, like, story at its core, like, because there's definitely, like, a lot going on, and yeah. we are only, like, just at the beginning of it, it seems. Um, but I I think in order to get past those sorts of things, you have to reckon with yourself of that, like... Watching it doesn't mean you support it, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. hero kind of deal. Right. So, and and even just, like, kind of anything. Like, there are, um, I think Goblin Slayer is a yeah, good Goblin example, Slayer's too. Yeah, Goblin Slayer is example. Right. So, with Goblin Slayer, like, it depicted, it had a very graphic depiction of rape in it. Mm-hmm. Right? And that is very difficult for a lot of people to watch, and that's totally fine. I think the purpose of that was to illustrate something, right? It yeah. was a way of, of like, 
showing, you know, the goblins. And, and you know, we talk a lot about, like, how that's kind of a, a go-to for people to just kind of be like, look, evil. But, yeah. like, within the context of that story, it made sense. Yeah. Now, within the context of this story, I don't agree with Shota stories. It's not my favorite thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But I can appreciate it as a vessel of storytelling from Japan, right? Like, this is kind of a way that stories are told. And I like the story that's being told. So, for me, I kind of don't care what vessel it comes in. I'm always for an interesting story. Yeah, I mean, you know, like we've talked about time and again, I I enjoy character growth. And I think, for me, one of the greatest greatest examples of that in this show was, like, you remember the scene where they're talking in the student council about what had just happened with Rex, the uh, the the dinosaur guy, mm-hmm. and you know the the girl, the Tanya, the evil girl, Chris. She like storms out and she's like almost in tears and she's really angry. And like one of the guys is like, "Oh, like what's the deal with her? Like didn't she just beat that kid's ass like two days ago?" And the other characters like was like, "Yeah, she's rough with her toys, but she doesn't like when other people play with them." Yeah, and I'm like, "Okay, like that's interesting character growth. Like you Absolutely. see, the, you see this character like alternate between caring about this guy and like you know fighting with him, and then we understand why. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's really well done. Yeah, and and for me, I th- I think the other thing too is that this story is told through a very sexual lens. <laughs> yeah." Right, it's unavoidable, <laughs> and and I think that typically people get really uncomfortable yeah. around sex, and and that's fine. Like people have their own varying levels of comfort, but like just because it is a horny show, and it is a horny, and show. it is a horny show, doesn't Make mean no bones about that. You know, it it's the same to me. It's like. I'll watch a kids movie. I'll watch a horror movie. I'll watch a rated R movie. I'll watch a PG movie. I'll watch a, you know, thing (laughs) that are like this, that are like told through a very sexy lens and are partially to get, you know, teenage boys excited. Right. You know, Um, but you know, there's, there's, there's more than one teenage (laughs) Japanese boy going, man, what if I have my own sexy demon girl? Yeah, for sure. Uh, But like, if you know if you can just like recognize like hey this is you know this is a overtly sexy thing and like you know maybe i'm not the target of this you know like i'm not the one who's turned on by verme or whatever yeah but like i'm i'm into the story yeah i like the story a lot um i think it's got a lot going for it and i'm i'm gonna keep watching it yeah and i think you know in, in closing before we kind of wrap up i do think that's why uh, I'm kind of glad that High Dive is taking a more like central role among anime streaming services because that gives a place for these stories to be told. Although we have seen <laughs> Crunchyroll is more than willing to put off put put out some some trash. Yeah, and a half. as they're airing yeah. Harem Labyrinth. I mean, they've always aired stuff like that. It's yeah. just a matter of if they air nipples or not, really. Yeah, but uh, you know, so having having High Dive around for these kind of shows, I think, is probably a good thing. I yeah. think High Dive is making a play to be kind of the HBO of like yeah, I can see anime that. streaming. Like they're getting like a collection of like oh. good stuff. But, in, in, but even in that regard too, like HBO made a name for itself by telling sexy stories. Yeah, well that's what I was gonna say. Like in, in a lot of ways, you're absolutely right about that too. Because not only does HBO you know tell the horny stories sometimes, but HBO also has like one-off miniseries and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas High Dive, you have OVAs and yeah. ONAs and like short-form stories that you don't get on Crunchyroll um, at, at the moment. 
Um, so I think you, you're definitely right. That I think the the HBO comparison is an apt one. Uh, I think that's a that's you know something something we we're gonna have to keep an eye on. Yeah, invest, invest yeah. in invest in, in anime no. HBO. We don't give financial advice on this show. Um, but yeah, you know, I would very much like to see where High Dive is going with this. Um, you know, this is their this is their like second season into the the big seasonal anime game. I like the their offerings this season. too. I think so too. I, I you know I really like. I've been watching When Will Ayumu Make His Move, and you know, I, like I, I like I said on the seasonal anime thing, it's not for everybody, but I'm enjoying it. Um, and then there's Made in Abyss, of course, as well. Which I, I started watching. You started watching it finally. Yeah, it's yeah, good. It is good. Uh, but we're getting off topic here. We're not going to do another <laughs> summer anime episode. Everyone, watch Made in Abyss. Watch Made in Abyss. Watch all the things. And you know what? If you think you can get past some of the some of the the more blue sides of this, watch For a Man in Gold. Yeah, you might find uh, you know a little bit of treasure hidden in that there trash. Um, but with that being said, you know, let us know what you're thinking. Uh, are you already watching these shows? Are you thinking about maybe watching them now? You should definitely be watching Like Horus Recoil, but maybe also watching Verman Gold. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at bestboys underscore pod or send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode, seasonal spotlight, trash and treasure. Thanks for tuning in. We've had a lot of fun and we hope you enjoyed. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.